Thank you for tuning into the All About Fitness podcast. It really is a pleasure to bring exercise science directly to you. And this episode is going to be a quick fit tip where I explain seven benefits of high-intensity interval training or HIT training. I'm going to go into what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a blog I wrote on the benefits of HIT training. And the reason why I'm doing this is February is, nat- is heart month, right? We have Valentine's Day here. There's, there's a couple other, there's a lot of things happening in February, believe it or not. But generally, in February, people make a big deal about the hard cardiovascular training. First of all, we generally call it cardiovascular training because what we're doing is we are elevating the heart rate. The heart is a pump. The heart pumps oxygen to the muscles in your body. So when we exercise, when you exercise, your heart is working to pump oxygen, or sorry, well, it's pumping oxygen, but your heart is working to pump blood. If you look at your heart, the heart just pumps. That's what it does. You bring in oxygen from the air that we breathe, you place in the bloodstream in the lungs, and then the heart pumps that oxygenated blood along with other nutrients, carbohydrates, fats, proteins, to the working muscles. Carbohydrates and fats get converted in the cells and muscle cells into energy. Your digestive system breaks down the food you eat and it turns those into little chemicals. It turns into glycogen or glycogen in, in the muscle and liver, glucose in the bloodstream. That's that's how fat that's how sorry, that's how carbohydrates gets transported. So your digestive system, your digestive tract turns carbohydrates, glucose in the bloodstream, glycogen in the liver and muscle cells. Fat, the same thing. Your body will take the fat it needs. You use fat for energy. If you're not that energy efficient or you don't do that much energy expenditure, you're not that active, guess what happens with the energy you take in? It gets accumulated. You can eat high carbohydrates and your carbohydrates will get stored as fat because fat is how your body stores extra energy. If you have a few extra pounds of fat on you, that's like carrying around an extra couple gallons of gas in your car. Just not that necessary, right? So what I want to talk about today is first, number one, I don't want you to think about it in terms of cardiorespiratory training. Cardiorespiratory just means your heart rate is beating, your lungs, lungs are working. Here's the thing. If you're watching this right now, if you're listening to this right now, and I say watching because I'm also recording for, for YouTube, however you're taking this podcast in right now, if you can hear me, you are doing cardio training. Your heart is beating. We've 2020 was a really crappy year with the COVID. And if you're listening to this and your heart's not beating, we might have a zombie apocalypse. And that's a whole, I don't want another rush on toilet paper. So let's, let's move beyond that. But in all seriousness, anytime you're breathing, you're doing cardiorespiratory exercise. Oxygen is coming in. Some form of oxygen and CO2 is going out. If you want to be more efficient, we need to be more energy expensive with our exercise. Every type of physical activity is good, whether you're walking, whether you're swimming, running, lifting weights, whatever. Physical activity is good. We take in energy. So think of it this way. Our body balances energy out. We consume energy from our diet. If we consume too much energy and we don't expend it, then guess what happens? We create an energy surplus, and that's what gets stored on our waist. That's what gets stored on our thighs and hips and our arms and all that stuff, right? We bring energy in. We don't use it. It gets stored, boom, boom, boom. So what I want to talk about today are seven benefits of high-intensity interval training because one of the most important things, HIT is very energy expensive, right? Walking, great form of exercise. You burn calories, you get oxygen in, you get blood flowing, it's good. Walking's good. Running, good, okay? Anything that gets you moving is going to be good. 
But there's a tremendous amount of, of research coming out to supporting the benefits of HIT. And in order to really get, and this is the important thing, this is what I really work on and the information I try to put out. Exercise can slow down the aging process. And if we want that to have the greatest effect, we need to stress ourselves. We need to not just walk. We need not just to do something you know, relatively gentle. Yes, that's better than nothing. But two or three times a week, exercise should be really hard. Two or three times a week, not every day, not every day. Go back, listen to previous interviews I've done. You can hear expert after expert talk about we don't want to do it every day. But two or three times a week, we want to exercise really hard where we're getting out of breath. And that's where high-intensity interval training comes in. And that doesn't mean 40 minutes of HIIT training. That means anywhere from 8 to 15 minutes. So what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do for this episode, this quick fit tip, I'm going to read a blog I wrote on seven benefits of high-intensity interval training. I'm going to post that blog down below in the show notes both on the audio platforms and on YouTube, which gives you resources, more resources. I have a lot of this information in my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. A lot of this information is from my upcoming book, Ageless Intensity, How High-Intensity Exercise Slows Down the Aging. If you can see me on YouTube, I'm wearing my shirt, I Hit the Gym by Stairmaster. I'm the lead master trainer for Stairmaster, Stairmaster Products. That means I help design the education. Stairmaster is all about high-intensity. I help design and teach the education that teaches personal trainers how to design workout programs on Stairmaster products. So all that to say, I kind of know a thing or two about high-intensity interval training. So this is based on latest research. So here it goes. This is from my blog on seven reasons HIT is so effective. What is HIT? High-intensity interval training, HIT, is a system of exercise with repeated bouts of short-duration, high-intensity intervals followed by lower intensity intervals for recovery. In general, HIIT training calls for challenging exercises such as sprints, whether on a bicycle or running, for short time frames lasting anywhere from 10 to 45 seconds. Side note, there is no one standard format of HIIT. At the end of this, I'm going to talk a little bit, about, uh, talk a little bit about some research on a Tabata mode of training that's really very interesting that shows how effective that can be. But there is no one standard form of HIIT. HIT could be 10 seconds of high intensity. HIT could be about 40, 45 seconds of high intensity. We just physiologically, it's really hard to go much longer than that. That can be explained later. Let's get back to the blog. On a 1 to 10 scale perceived exertion, high intensity is anything over an effort level of 8, where you're completely out of breath. The lower intensity, the lower intensity recovery intervals should be an effort level of 6 or below, where your breathing is quick but able to speak. So side note again, sorry I'm going to segue from this. But when you're breathing during exercise, when, well, we should be breathing during exercise, right? When you can talk during exercise, when you can talk during exercise, you're using primarily oxygen and fat for fuel. At lower intensities like walking or low intensity cycling, when you can talk while you're exercising, what's happening is in the mitochondria, your mitochondria are converting oxygen and fats into energy, into ATP, that's adenosine triphosphate, and you expire primarily oxygen. Now, when exercise intensity increases, when you need energy quicker, when the muscle cells need ATP quicker, the body will start converting glycogen into energy, ATP. That can be done either with, which is aerobic, with oxygen, or without oxygen, which is anaerobic. Now, here's the thing. Glycogen in muscle cells holds on to water. So as your body consumes glycogen, as you use glycogen for fuel, it releases the water. That water is then used 
to cool down the muscles and help thermoregulate. So there's a side note. So as you exercise at greater intensity, as, you, as your exercise intensity increases and you burn more carbohydrate, one byproduct of that is carbo, carbon dioxide. You're pushing out. Your lungs have to push out more CO2. That's why your breathing rate increases, and that's why the ability to talk goes down. So if you want to measure your, your intensity, heart rate is only one part of the equation, but being able to talk is the other part. So during a high-intensity interval, you should barely be able to talk. You should only be able to go, oh, you know, say one or two words. As you recover, once you can talk comfortably, you're recovered and you're back in your rogue zone. Anyway, side note, just explain a little bit of the science there. So seven benefits of HIT. Here's seven reasons why you can spend less time exercising with HIT and still get great results. One, your body burns calories at about a rate of five calories per liter of oxygen consumed. There's a little bit of variance in this, but that's, that's standard physiology. In general, using exercise to increase oxygen demands on your body will increase total caloric expenditure both during and after the workout. Short intervals of extremely high-intensity exercise involving a lot of muscle mass require, require a tremendous amount of oxygen during both the work interval and recovery periods. So that's important. So during the recovery phase, because I've taught HIIT classes before where you do a HIIT interval, you do it really hard, and then you give, I give anywhere from 10 to 30 seconds for somebody to get their breath, and people are kind of still moving. I'm like, no, 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 no. If you still have energy during the recovery interval, go harder on the next work interval. During the recovery interval, you should be almost be hands-on knees, exhaling, getting CO2 in, or sorry, getting CO2 out, O2 in, and be ready for the next bout. So use the recovery interval. If an instructor tells you, the key hint here, if an instructor tells you it's time for recovery, take the recovery. Because the instructor knows what's coming up, you don't. So number two here, second benefit, second reason why I hit so effective. Anaerobic interval training uses the body's reserves of energy. And after a workout, the metabolism stays elevated and continues to burn calories for hours after the workout. This is due to something called the excess post-exercise oxygen consumption, the EPOC effect. With HIT, you not only burn a lot of calories during the workout, but because of the high intensity, muscle cells of your body will continue to burn calories as your body replaces energy. So what's happening after a HIT workout is your muscle cells are working to replace the energy spent during the exercise. And it's also using protein and amino acids, amino acids into protein to repair the damaged muscle fibers. Now, one thing on, on EPOC, the EPOC effect is real, but it's not a tremendous amount of energy. It can be anywhere from 100 to 200 maybe calories, and that's depending on the intensity. So don't think, and the reason why I say this, is don't think you can do a HIIT workout and be like, oh, great, I'm an EPOC, I'm still burning calories, and then go to your favorite coffee shop and get a frozen coffee drink and a muffin. That's going to be about 1,000 calories. Ain't going ain't gonna to cancel that out. Ain't going to balance that out, just letting you know. So that was number two. Number three. Not only does your body burn fat for fuel during the workout, but during the post-exercise recovery period after HIT, the body uses fat stores for energy required to restore to return to its normal state. So that's one of the benefits of HIT is during the workout, your, your body, your muscle cells are consuming primarily glycogen or carbohydrate with or without oxygen. After the workout, during the EPOC period, your body is metabolizing fat. That, that's kind of a cool thing. Number four. HIT produces a significant amount of metabolic waste, including hydrogen ions and lactic acid. The major reason for an active recovery interval is to remove these waste products to allow the involved muscles to perform the next high-intensity bout. As a result, HIT workouts train your body to tolerate and quickly recover from periods of high-intensity exercise. So what this means is 
when you are working really hard and you feel that burning sensation in your muscles, that burning sensation is a buildup of hydrogen ions. That's what's called acidity. You remember the movie A Few Good Men? You hear everybody talk about lactic acidosis. That just means oxygen levels are down in the blood. Acidosis means oxygen levels are down in the blood. Acidity is up in the blood. When that happens, muscles aren't able to be as effective. So we need a recovery period. Right? Now, here's the thing. A lot of things are happening when you're doing HIT. Number one, you're stressing your heart. Number two, you're producing certain hormones. Going to get into that a little bit later. But number three, you're, you train your body how to tolerate that acid better. Your body produces sodium bicarbonate. Muscle cells will produce sodium bicarbonate, baking soda. That's baking soda to buffer the, the acidity. doesn't mean you take baking soda to recover quicker. It doesn't work. There have been studies. <laughs> but what it does mean is that the more you do, the more work you do, the more efficient, the more effective your body becomes at recovering. You can recover quicker. That's important for athletes, but it's also important just at, you can tolerate higher levels of intensity. So that was number four. You, you can tolerate and recover from higher levels of intensity quicker. Number five, HIIT can promote a number of physiological benefits such as increased mitochondrial density, improved stroke volume, improved oxidative capacity of muscle, and enhanced aerobic efficiency, which is previously thought to occur as a result of doing long, slow distance training protocols. So for years, and this is important because for years, up until the late 90s, early 2000s, HIT was studied primarily as a function of, of training for athletes, right? HIT was studied for performance athletes. Can we use HIT for sprinters, for soccer players, for rugby players? The prevailing theory was it was too intense for the average person, for the average gym enthusiast. It wasn't until the early 2000s, and I've had him on the podcast a couple times as a guest, Dr. Martin Gabala, his lab in the early 2000s started looking at HIT as an effective means of energy expenditure to help reduce weight. I can have a link. I'm going to have a link down below to one of our interviews. I've interviewed Dr. Gabala twice. I'll link that to that down below so you can check that out. Phenomenal interview. He goes into the science of that. But what they found starting about 15 years ago, maybe a little bit more, they started studying the health benefits of HIT. And what they found is HIT produces a lot of the same benefits previously only thought with endurance training. Increased mitochondrial density. Mitochondria is organelles in the cells which help convert oxygen into fuel. That's very important for slowing down the effects of the aging process. So there are a number of benefits, of, of physiological benefits of HIT that were previously only assigned to endurance training. So number six, HIT places a significant amount of metabolic stress on muscle tissue. As part of the repair process, the body will produce elevated levels of human growth hormone, testosterone, and insulin-like growth factors to repair damaged muscle proteins which leads to increases in muscle, uh, muscle volume and definition. This is why when you look at sprinters, sprinters are lean, and not because they're training like bodybuilders, but sprinters are lean because the definition of sprint training, conditioning for sprinting is HIIT training. Doing high-intensity exercise can elevate greater levels of anabolic hormones like GH, like testosterone. More importantly, over time, over an extended period of time, Muscle cells produce muscle cells produce more hormone receptors, more the receptor sites where the hormones work. So it's not just elevating levels of free hormones in the bloodstream; it's also elevating receptors into into the tissue, so those, those hormones have a place to go and function. And HIT will do that, especially as we get older, especially as we we age. Right, I'm 48 years old. Especially as we get older, we need those anabolic hormones to help maintain our lean muscle mass you know, as, as well as other things. So number seven, 
Many health clubs and workout studios are applying the science to develop group fitness programs that feature HIIT workouts in formats that are 30 minutes or less. That's all we need. These formats enable you to do more work and, and receive numerous health benefits in less time. And that's true. When you do a HIIT format, it doesn't need to be an hour long. Generally, in a 30-minute format, when I teach HIIT workouts and what I teach for Stairmaster, how to design workouts for Stairmaster, is we have about a five to seven warm minute warm-up. Get the full body moving. Get the, during a good warm-up, you want to be slightly out of breath. You want to be sweaty by the end of that warm-up. So then what I do in a HIIT workout is we do anywhere from about four to seven minutes of good, solid, hard exercise. Not out of breath, but breathing quickly. So four to seven minutes of hard exercise. Could be circuit training, could be an AMRAP, could be an EMOM. Something that's somewhat fatiguing in about four to seven minutes. I don't wanna to go to exhaustion yet, but what I wanna do is get people working hard in four to seven minutes. Then we're gonna have about a five minute, four to five minute, not so hard. So the first block of four to seven minutes, that should be about an eight or a nine out of 10, with 10 being the hardest. The second block of about four to five minutes is going to be about a six or a seven. That's going to be core training exercises, planks, lifts, moving the body, but not at high intensity. The final block between four and six minutes is all out. Slam your face into the ground, go. That should be a 12 with 10 being the hardest. Why do I structure, why do I structure a HIIT training program like that? It's because we don't need a tremendous amount of HIIT in order to get results. So I'm gonna share with you a piece of research. And again, I'm gonna to link to this down below. I'm not saying this because it's what I believe. Frankly, I don't know what I believe. I believe in aliens. I, I believe that Elvis, I believe that Elvis killed JFK. I believe that the Sasquatch is an, I'm kidding about that. <laughs> you want to ask me what I believe, whatever, that doesn't matter. I'm not saying this stuff because it's what I believe or what I think. I'm saying this because this is what the research demonstrates. Anything you're going to hear on this podcast, anything you're going to hear about this platform is evidence-based. Now, I'm not making this up. I'll have a link down below in the show notes to this next piece of research. So a couple years ago, a research team released, this is the name of the, the research, whole body high-intensity interval training induced similar cardiorespiratory adaptations compared with traditional high-intensity interval training and moderate-intensity continuous training in healthy men. Whew, that's a mouthful. What this group did, what this study group did, is they took three groups. Group A ran on a treadmill for 30 minutes, three times a week. They ran at about, I think it's about 80% of their maximal VO2. So they ran at a pretty hard, not super hard, but they ran at a hard intensity. So group A did treadmill running 30 minutes at a time. Group B did a Tabata workout. The Tabata protocol, named after Izumi Tabata, Izumi Tabata was a researcher who found that doing a four-minute workout of 20 seconds of really high intensity with 10 seconds of recovery repeated for eight cycles, that's four minutes. So 20 seconds of really high intensity, 10 seconds, which is like, this sucks, and get back to work. Repeat that eight times. That's a Tabata protocol based on Izumi Tabata's research. What, Tabata, what Dr. Tabata found was that that can be a very effective way for improving cardiorespiratory efficiency. He was studying speed skaters at the time. That, that was published in 1996. Remember what I said, before the early 2000s, most of the research on HIT was done in the context of athletic performance. And that's what the, Dr. Tabata's research was based on. So the second group, first group, treadmill, three times a week, 30 minutes at a time. Second group, treadmill. They did a four-minute Tabata on the treadmill. That's it, boom, warm up, four-minute Tabata, slam your face into the, into the rail of the treadmill. That's it, they did that three times a week. So group B did 12 minutes of exercise a week on a treadmill doing a Tabata. 
Group C did another Tabata, but they did body weight exercises. So group C did four minutes, eight cycles of 20 seconds of burpees, body weight squats, explosive, explosive push-ups, mountain climbers. So you can see that in the study. Again, group C was four minutes, three times a week for 12 minutes. The study lasted 16 weeks. This is the reason why it's kind of a, a good study to refer to because they did it for a little longer period of time. A lot of studies like this are done for eight, maybe 10 weeks. Why? To coincide with the semester schedule. That, that really is the reality. A lot of times they, they build these studies six to eight or six to 10 weeks, but this one went 16 weeks. So they got four months of data. What they found was that 12 minutes of exercise a week, body weight exercise a week specifically, was as effective as doing 90 minutes of exercise on a treadmill, if not a little bit more effective. They measured, they measured energy expenditure. They measured cardiorespiratory efficiency. They looked at stuff like body fat. So the, the point comes down to this. What would you rather do? Run on a treadmill for 30 minutes. Ugh. And I'm sorry, I, I, Stairmaster also makes Star Trek treadmills. I'm not a treadmill runner. Some people love that. Ain't for me. So what would you rather do? Run on a treadmill for 30 minutes or do a four-minute body weight workout? Think about that, right? Over the course of the week, 90 minutes versus 12 minutes. You're going to get about the same benefits in terms of caloric expenditure, cardiorespiratory efficiency, and a way to become more efficient. So think about that. As we go through, as we go through Heart Month, National Heart Month, which is February, think about ways that you can make your exercise, your training more efficient. More efficient. That doesn't mean, and I, I want to stress this, that doesn't mean do high-intensity interval training every day. Two, maybe three times a week. You can get away with doing HIT three times a week if you're a little bit younger, if you have good nutrition and great sleep. Otherwise, two HIT workouts a week going to provide plenty of benefits. You can also still do your 30-minute treadmill workout. If you want to go run for 30 minutes, go run for 30 minutes. I'm just sharing with you the research that says we don't need to do that length of workout and still get great benefits. So, hey, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, please reach out to me, Pete, at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. I'm going to be filling, filling this podcast up with a tremendous amount of research going forward. I'm going to try to do this once or twice a month in my quick fit tips of going to the research to help you understand the science of how exercise changes the body. Not only do I get top experts on the podcast, but I'm going to share what little I know with you so we can all learn how to use exercise to enhance our quality of life. Come join me at my website, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Sign up for my mailing list. I'll send you one, two, maybe emails a month. Put all this out so you can refer back to it. I'll have exercise tips. I'll have workouts. I'll have all that good stuff there. I'm trying to help you learn how to use exercise to enhance your quality of life. And hey, you know what? If you do it right, you can also slow down the aging process. So connect with me on, on Instagram. All About Fitness Podcast on Instagram. There's all my plugs. As always, thank you for stopping by. And I certainly look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.